You're listening to Financial Insights, a podcast that helps investors through the difficult maze of financial planning and saving for retirement. I'm Brian Ullman, and I'm a financial advisor and certified financial planner at Ford Financial Group. And together with some guests and other advisors at my firm, we're talking about the issues and questions relating to finance that face our clients every day. We're back, and it's just me today. We had we were graced by Ryan's presence last week, both on the Financial Insights podcast and on our Casual Friday webcast, which we do every two weeks. But this week, we're just me, and we're doing a little bit of a look back because, well, I mean, obviously, we're halfway through the year. Does it feel like summer yet, right? We had 4th of July. I think we are officially in the dog days of summer. In fact, I logged into one of the AI chatbots to figure out why this is called the dog days of summer. I know why I feel it's like the dog days of summer. It's too hot to play tennis unless you're playing at 5 a.m., which I guess if you really want it, you can do. We're, it, the, the temperatures, at least here, are soaring north of 100 degrees and higher. Um, I've talked with clients in Arizona. You know, They push 119 in some places, which is crazy. Uh, according to Google's Bard, it's called the, the dog days of summer actually begin on July 3rd and end on August, August 11th. And it's because of some sort of celestial astrology thing. But for me, it just means it's hot. It's real hot. It's July and August. And we're past the 4th of July, uh, which means start your back to school shopping, begin looking for Halloween costumes, plan your Thanksgiving meal and do your Christmas shopping because 2024 is just around the corner. Before we look forward, though, to 2024, and we will get into our second half outlook probably next week. Uh, It's going to come out for clients on Tuesday the 11th, and then we'll probably have some sort of executive summary on here for everybody. But for now, we're going to look backwards and try and review what went on in the first half because it was surprisingly good. I don't think, I mean, you can go back to listen to some of the analysis that we did here and almost any analysis that was done at the beginning of the year really expected maybe a bit of a rebound off the lousy 2022 and then a recession in the second half of the year. Um, And that's not what happened or that's not, it doesn't seem to be what's happening right now. So we're going to cover some ground today, um, and and really, we're going to start with the impressive performance in the equity markets in the first half of 2023, because the S&P 500 powered through, giving an impressive 8.7 return in just the second quarter, and that includes dividends. So the surge set up a first half gain of a whopping nearly 17%, 16.9 to be exact, which hasn't been seen since 2019. I'll remind you, in 2019 was when interest rates were being cut. Interest rates were rose in late 2018. The Federal Reserve Jay Powell, Chairman Jay Powell said uh, interest rate increases were on autopilot. Markets freaked out. Uh, in 2019, rates stopped going up and started going down, and so we had that kind of surge, similar to what we've gotten here, which suggests almost that equity traders and investors were anticipating rate cuts maybe in the second half of the year. The Dow Jones managed a modest quarterly gain of 4%. Still good, but when you compare it to the nearly 9% in the second quarter of the S&P, it's not quite as impressive. But the undisputed victor of the period has been the NASDAQ composite, which skyrocketed more than 13% in the second quarter, riding the wave of massive gains in the big mega 
tech stock names. And this performance sets up the NASDAQ's first half gain of more than 32%, which is a feat not seen since 1983. Pretty impressive returns for just the second quarter and then for the full first half of the year. Now, on the economic front, Price pressures seem to be easing off. The consumer inflation rate dropped to 4% annually in May of 2023. So recently, but you know we're getting a little bit further away from May, so we need to wait to see. We'll learn in July what happened in June, of course. But it's a pretty big de- – that May number is a pretty big decrease compared to the 8.6% inflation rate of a year ago. And with these numbers, it's no surprise that m- many – Market players are anticipating a continued decline in prices. And that sets up, we've talked about this, a potential soft landing scenario for the for the Federal Reserve. Um, corp, first quarter corporate earnings also surpassed Wall Street expectations, despite many challenges from high inflation, cost pressures, banking system stresses, right? Remember Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, uh, the, the bank failures in March were really disruptive. But like I think many people thought, it was going to be a passing crisis, if you will, and that's seemingly exactly what happened. So against all odds, corporate America's earnings were around five percentage points higher than anticipated, and that was one of the things driving market optimism in the second quarter. Now, it's not all sunshine and roses. There are challenges aplenty in the global economic landscape. Major global central banks, including the Fed, continue to adopt this hawkish stance, which is pushing back against inflation. So the real looming question here is, Will all this increased aggression lead to an eventual recession? That's what everyone is worried about, talking about, looking at. Um, Looking at equities, both large and small caps made gains in the second quarter, but large caps really maintain their dominance, particularly driven by the strength of the consumer consumer discretionary and tech sectors. This superiority is demonstrated really in the large cap dominated Russell 1000 index's return of 8.6% compared to the small cap Russell 2000 index 5.2% return. But is, is a recession that could be on the horizon Something that disrupts this mega cap tech and consumer discretionary. I mean, what are you cutting back on if you're experiencing, if you're feeling the effects of a recession? Probably discretionary stuff. I think a lot of the pullback takes a lot. The pullback takes a lot longer to feel than many people realize. I think we see the yield curve invert. We see, uh, we hear about recession and interest rates go up, markets decline, but that doesn't mean the recession is here yet. So, you know, stay tuned with this Russell 1000 versus Russell 2000 comparison here. There's no doubt, though, that growth style stocks far outpace their value counterparts in the second quarter. The Russell 1000 growth index returned a hefty 12.8% compared to the more modest 4.1% return for the Russell 1000 value index. And the growth sector's continued success can be attributed largely, again, to this overweight presence in informa- information technology and consumer discretionary sectors. We look internationally, though, U.S. equities also led there. Uh, Developed international equity markets were struggling to keep pace with the U.S., especially in Germany in the midst of a technical recession there. Meanwhile, Japan posted a respectable 6.3% second quarter gain, which attracted interest in Japanese equities amid a slowing economy there as well. 
Uh, if we take a quick look at the bond market, the, U- the Bloomberg U.S. aggregate index saw a decline due to higher interest rates driven by central bank hawkishness and high yield credit outperformed during the quarter despite a tightening bank uh, lending environment after the regional bank stress that we talked about in March. And so, and for those watching commodities, it's been a bit of a rough ride. The Bloomberg Commodity Index down 2.6% on the second quarter, cooling inflation in the U.S., slowing global growth, declining crude oil prices. Commodities have had to take a back seat. I think all of this is backward looking. I don't want to. I don't want to record this podcast and then say you don't pay attention to it. I mean, it, it shed some light on why things have gone well. Even if you just look at the broad S and P five hundred, there's a couple certain areas that really um, bolstered the returns. Right? If we take that and we look into the second half, even though bonds were, for example, that bond aggregate index was down slightly in the second quarter, that doesn't mean it's going to be down in the second half. I think really where we're getting to this place is what is going on with interest rates. As this is getting recorded this week, we've got a jobs report coming. The ADP report was a blowout, uh, which is really spurring fears that we're going to get another quarter or half a percent interest rate increase. But what happens after that? Uh, if you stop going up, that's what happens before you start coming down. So higher yields and falling interest rates really are a nice setup for bonds, perhaps going forward. Um, and you know, we'll see if there's going to be after this hellacious run that we've had in the first half. Maybe there's a cool down in the second half. I, I think it all matters how you're look, how you're framing your your outlook in terms of time frames. Really short term, what goes on in the next two weeks? God only knows. What goes on in the next six months? Maybe some turbulence, but a move higher. What goes on in the next twelve months? We'll see. Um, I think we're still in the camp that a recession is on the way, can create some turbulence. Doesn't mean money can't be made on investments during that time. It can, and it probably will. Um, But as we look through, it's just not a straight line up and to the right. I'm still blown away when I talk to clients and, for you know, we talk for the first time maybe in a couple months and they say, okay, give me the bad news. What's the bad news? Well, the bad news is your investments are up a lot. I guess the bad news might be they may not stay there or they may not continue going up at this rate, right? I think, you know, we look at what the NASDAQ has done in the first half of the year. That's, a you know, up something like 30%. Do you really think the NASDAQ is going to be up 60% this year? Um, I, I think we for quickly forget that even though we had a good first half of the year, that we also had the regional banking crisis in March and the debt ceiling mess that was dragging us kind of sideways for quite a while there also. Um, so it, we, we weren't without crises. We weren't without hiccups in the first half, even though we look back at the returns and we think they were just up and to the right. It doesn't work that way. So I'm going to leave it there. Stay patient with your investments. If you have questions about your investments and interest rates and all of this stuff, you can always email us at info at Ford FG. I'd encourage you to jump on YouTube, look up Ford Financial Group and subscribe to our channel over there. We do more charts and video-based stuff on there. We also replay some of our client seminars um, after, you know, they've been, they get made available to clients first, of course. Uh, but if you're thinking about working with us, you might want to take a look at those um, after they get posted, after clients get the first access and see uh, see if there's some, some good nuggets. Our most recent one was done uh, talking about social security and it was an absolute hit maybe the the most popular one that we've done in quite a while so check that out and then stay tuned for more later in the year we'll do more of those also so i'm going to sign off uh next week we'll probably be talking about the forward-looking second half outlook versus the first half review 
Until then, my name is Brian Ullman. I'll talk to you in the next one. The advisors with Ford Financial Group are registered representatives with and securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advice is offered through Perennial Investment Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Ford Financial Group and Perennial Investment Advisors are separate entities from LPL. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Stock investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted. Ford Financial Group, Perennial Investment Advisors, and LPL Financial do not provide tax or legal advice or services. This information is not intended as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security referred to herein. 